Welcome to Bucks Insider Live. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And man, we are so close to training camp. It's finally Ready almost to sweat. here. Oh yeah, always just so. At least we're excited for football to return, so it makes the sweating yes. for a purpose. Yeah. We're excited about I mean, it. And we a couple hope. days in, we'll get we'll get them in pads, and it'll really be exciting. Yeah, we'll finally be able to tell some things, especially about yep. maybe some of these linemen, some exactly. of these bigger positions. It's going to be great. We hope a lot of you are going to be joining us at training camp if you can, and then if not, we hope you'll be watching. We'll be doing our training camp live show like we have the last several years. It's going to be great. So um, let's go ahead and get started with some trivia because training <clears throat> camp is not the only exciting thing about to happen. Yeah, we're getting really close to the Ronde Barber going into the Hall of Fame day. Uh, and so our, your trivia question today is, Ronde Barber, who will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Saturday, August 5, recorded 47 career regular season interceptions. Which quarterback did he intercept most often? Mm. That's the question. I like it. All right, so if you think you know the answer or just have some guesses, leave them underneath our live video on the Facebook page. If I see some correct answers out there, I'll try to shout you guys out. So again, underneath the Facebook live video, leave your answers to that trivia question. And as we brought up, almost time to see Rondé Barber in that so deserved gold jacket. And we happen to have a video of him receiving the jacket for the first time, which is really exciting. And I know that just Bucks fans in general have been waiting for this moment for so long. I mean, obviously not as much as Rondé has, but I can't imagine what this feels like for him and just how amazing to have so many members of that defense now all sharing in the gold jacket Hall of Fame. Yeah, I didn't even know they got their gold jackets sent to them at home ahead mm -hmm. of time. I thought they got it when they got up to Canton. But it's one of the two or a few, one of a few very iconic things that come along with being inducted to the Hall of Fame, the other one being the bronze bust, which I asked him about, about the, uh, the process of being fitted, I guess you would yeah. say, for that. And apparently it was very in-depth because they want to make it look as lifelike as possible. So Absolutely. it was an interesting experience, and pretty soon you'll see the uh, finished works. But he's getting his gold jacket already, which must have been exciting. I feel like that'd be so much pressure to be the person making the bust. I think like, it's just one guy. Oh, jeez. Who's yeah. just an expert at it. That's a lot of stress of like making he's just good at if it. people like how they look yeah. in that form. I think <laughs> I remember seeing some story about Christian Ronaldo or whatever getting one that just didn't look Oh, well, that was like a statue. <laughs> yes. That was weird. Didn't look anything like him. Yeah, I feel that like that would be very stressful. Uh, all right, so also coming up during training camp, there's going to be some joint practices that the Bucks are going to participate in, and they're an even bigger deal potentially than they normally would be because of who they're <laughs> against. Yeah, it's funny because the Bucks were on um, Hard Knocks a few years back. What was it 2017, something like that? And you probably thought that was the last time you were going to see the Bucks on Hard Knocks for a while because you can you're in, you're ineligible or you can say no for a decade after being on it once but the bucks are going to be on in a way hard knocks again this year because they're going to be visiting the jets who are this year's uh, against their will apparently featured team and we're going to be doing joint practices with them before our game up there so at their uh, practice facility august 16th and 17th that's a wednesday and a thursday uh you know i mean obviously the spotlight's going to be on the jets but the bucks are clearly going to be in the mm -hmm. action right yeah and then the game too you've seen hard knocks you know they always cover the game in depth and and stuff that comes out of that so it'll be a little bit of an ancillary thing but bucks fans that are what that like to watch hard knocks are going to particularly uh, enjoy that week's episode i would imagine yeah and so maybe if you weren't planning on tuning in this year at least know that there's going to be one week of it i don't know i think i kind of want to watch too. this one more the Aaron Rodgers thing and the fact that they don't want to be on it. Oh, I just great. want to see how they handle that. Yeah, it could be really interesting. It is. An, it is an interesting dynamic of how much do they quote 
quote unquote cooperate? How right. much access do they give or not? And yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, that's a draw, no matter what. Right. I don't care who. You don't know what he's going to do. Love him or hate him, everyone's going to want to watch what he's going to do. Um, all right, so another thing that we're going to be watching in training camp. Obviously, the position battles, it's always the most fun part of training camp, either for starting roles or for roster spots. Yeah. And I think one of the groups that maybe is a little bit less talked about overall, but is going to be really interesting in this camp, is tight end. Yeah, that for sure. It felt like for several years, there was a lot of certainty in some ways in that position of you drafted O.J. Howard really high. Mm -hmm. You kind of knew what that was going to be. You had Cam, you had for, Cam all for all those years. That it didn't have as much uncertainty or intrigue, maybe at least at the top of the depth chart, but now this group is so young, yeah. very few NFL reps. You've got a, a young draft pick. You got, I mean, your your elder statesmen in the room are in their, you know, second year. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. Yeah, it's probably the youngest tight end group in the league. And, you know, when you had Rob Gronkowski, your tight end room was basically defined as Rob Gronkowski. Right. I mean, you had other guys, but, you know, what your tight ends were was Rob Gronkowski. Mm -hmm. So last year was the first year without him. They drafted Kate Otten and Co. Keeft, and that went pretty well. And that was the beginning of the evolution of this room. And then this year you draft another guy in the fifth round, Payne Durham. And I think you're going to see how that continues to evolve. And now Brianna Dix, our friend, our coworker, uh, team staff writer, reporter, did a story earlier this week on how that might evolve, looking at what Seattle did, because Dave Canales comes from that office offense and how they use their tight ends and um, she she took a look at how that might translate to how the Bucks use their tight ends and why the Bucks drafted Payne Durham a year after drafting Co-Keeft and Kate Otten, mm -hmm. right? Three tight ends drafted in two years, and those are your top three guys, presumably. Yeah. If you look at this, you can see the stark reason. Now, it's a little bit reductive to say whatever Seattle did, the Bucks are going to do, but still, I think you could expect us to move in that direction because he's going to be bringing a lot of those offensive concepts. Now look at this, 12 tight, uh, twelve package personnel, which is two tight ends. The Seahawks last year used it almost 30% of the time, whereas the Bucks were one of the lowest teams in the league at 17.4%. And if you look at the top three tight ends and how many offensive snaps they got, their third tight end, Kobe Parkinson, had more snaps than our second tight end. Wow. So you see Kate Otten with the most because he he was the true white end that played 75% of the time. It was a blocker and a receiver, but there wasn't that much too tight end work. Now with Payne Durham there, who also, like Cade, is hopefully a both a blocking and a pass catching threat, you can use more 12 personnel and really not show the defense what you're going to do and really be able to disguise and run different plays out of the same look and, and really just use the tight ends quite a bit more. And I think we're going to see that. That's going to be interesting. All right, well, I see we have an answer. Oh. For our trivia question, I'm going to put it on the screen. Let's see if Kyle is correct. Do we have to reveal that now? Are we revealing? Are we yep, revealing? This, is the, this is the reveal. Once, once I get an answer, I'm giving them credit. All right, Kyle, nice job. Nailed it. Aaron Brooks. I thought that one was a little bit harder. That was that's challenging. That's pretty good. One of our, uh, one of our uh, people here on the show, Cody, also got it right. Look so that. I guess it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. Well, you said you thought maybe Drew Brees. Yeah, I just thought, okay, well, who would have been around a long time and in a in, with a team that we would have played a lot like that was just kind of my first yeah. thought but well, the funny thing is that's true of Aaron Brooks and the yeah. Saints but uh, Rondé actually got those six interceptions in just two games which is crazy he had two three intercept there's only been four three interception games in team history by a single individual and he has two of them and they were both against Aaron Brooks one of them was in that game at LSU because of um, uh, hurricane which hurricane was that Katrina? Yeah, Hurricane yeah. Katrina. So, um, yeah, Rondi did it to him twice. Six interceptions, that's the most against any quarterback. You know, it's so funny to me how every time I feel like I learn some new stat that's interesting about the, the Bucks. 
the answer is always Rondé or Levante. <laughs> like, it's just every time I'm like, really? It's one of the yeah, two of them. Exactly. I just, that's incredible. It's like when you're watching Family Feud, if you don't know the question, just guess church. Right. Church is almost always one of the <laughs> Almost answers. always one of the things. Um, all right, so again, as we talk about some things to pay attention to in training camp, we've talked about these position battles and making the roster. Undrafted rookies are always, to me, again, not necessarily something that's getting the biggest headlines going into camp, but is one of those things that is fun to watch because they're the ones just fighting for their lives. Yeah. They're the ones trying to make the roster, trying to get those last few spots. They may not be somebody you're going to take in fantasy football, but <laughs> right. they could be people that can really make some big plays, especially on special teams or other ways throughout the season. If there are injuries, guys that need to step up, there's always one or two that usually end up being exciting contributors to yeah. the team. So what are you paying attention to with that group? You usually have between 15 and 20 of them, and you know going into it that the majority of those guys are probably not going to make it in the NFL. They're fantastic players, but you have to be the you know absolute cream of the crop just to make it in the NFL, right? But what is the success? What would you call a success for a guy who signs as doesn't get drafted, signed as an undrafted free agent? Personally, I think if they're around for a second cap, that's already a success. That mm -hmm. means they've maybe gotten a spot, maybe got a spot on the active roster, but if not, maybe they got a spot on the practice squad, stuck there the whole year. Maybe they got elevated for some games, saw some action. So I'm just looking at the last three years, and these were guys that were um, undrafted free agents, like in the, in the, in the leftmost column in 2022, and they're back now. So they still have a shot to make it with the Bucks or in the NFL. And you look at a guy like Devin Tompkins, obviously, he's going to be battling for the fourth receiver job, for the kick return job that he had for a portion of last year. Right now, Nolan Turner is basically the third safety on the depth chart. Uh, you look at 2021, it was kind of a, a shorter list. And while those guys made it back, none of them really stuck. But then you go back to 2020, 2020 you see Cam Gill there. Yeah. You see Nick Leverett, who started a whole bunch of games last year. John uh, Mulchin's still around. Mulchin's still around trying to make a spot. And uh, a lot of those guys, they've gotten their foothold in the NFL. And that is the very first, that should be the very first goal for every guy that's undrafted or even the late round draft guys. It's just like, I got to do enough to show that they should keep me around. I'm showing something that they think, maybe even if it's not right now, because we have that spot filled somewhere down the road, this guy's going to be important for us. So, yeah. you know, for all those guys that make it even to a second camp to me, that's already a success and it's put them in position to be even more successful. One of the things I always think is interesting around these guys with camp is that it's one of the areas where there's like some deception used because coaches oh, yeah. won't always want to talk about the guys they really like yeah. yes. because they don't want other teams to know and try to steal them or whatever if they end up wanting to try to bring them back on a practice squad. And so I feel like that's one of the really fun areas to come to camp, see if you can pick out who those guys are and be able to say you knew, even though Coach or Jason weren't talking about it well, in their press conferences. I always think that's I've an interesting had, thing. I've even had, I won't say, I don't name any names, but I've even had people in the personnel department say, hey, if you can, don't write about that guy. Yep. So if you're writing about this guy who's on, who seems like he's an undrafted guy or something, if you're being allowed to write about him, he's probably not going to make it. Hmm. Or if you're writing about guys on, they'll let you write about guys like Mike Evans because you know you're going to make it. If you write about the guys that are on the bubble, they'd prefer you didn't. They prefer, Because yeah. they know that their scouts look at other teams' websites and see what they're writing about. And so they're like, we know we do it, so they probably do it too, and let's just not bring attention to these I guys. think you should write about the fact that I'm auditioning to be a wide receiver, <laughs> see if other teams start picking right. it up, call and see if that works. Have to find out, get some film on this Yeah, person. we got to give this a shot. All right, that is going to do it for us on Bucks Insider Live. Again, we will be back here. Camp is starting really next week. I can't believe it. Next week. There we are. So make sure you're staying tuned for all the coverage on Buccaneers.com for all of our training camp lives, and we'll see you then.